0: We often encourage our worship team and thank them. But, yeah, they are awesome and they're always pushing through on our behalf and so grateful for them and, and, and all the others who serve in church life, hey, who might not be on stage, grateful for every single one. I just wanted to add, too, as I was talking about, um, you know, the different seasons and do we know who God is in those moments and that's what will carry us. That You know, we're all in different seasons. Some of us are on mountaintops. Some of us are in valleys. We're normally not all in the same season at once but that's the beauty of it for someone who's struggling hopefully there's someone else who you can reach out to and they can help you who maybe's been there and can give you some perspective and encouragement and i just want to encourage you that you don't have to do it alone if you're feeling like you're struggling even if someone else looks like they're on the mountaintop that's not to discourage you further and make you like feel like you're even in a worse place because look how good they're going and like i'm struggling that's so you can reach out and draw on their strength and yeah we're here as a family hey do life together not alone and i know in my valley moments um so many times this church this family has helped me through so yeah that's you and you're feeling that reach out to someone and I'm sure whoever you reach out to would love to pray with you and just help you okay I'm now really excited to introduce the beautiful Leanne Hanson let's give her a big hand as she comes Lee's going to share her story and I love it when Lee shares uh, you know, she's a great communicator and she's often funny, but she's also got some powerful truths and an amazing testimony. So, yeah, we're looking forward. Thanks, Lee. Thanks, love.
1: Oh. Well, um, first of all, I just want to thank Sarah for putting me off last week, making me wait another week. So, last week, um, when the party was speaking, which was so incredible, she turned around and said, um, you both can a lot, to, a lot to talk about. I think I'd like to put you off for another time. She didn't say this week. She said, maybe sometime soon. And, um, yeah, and um, she said, would it be okay with you? And I think I had this phase. <laughs> yes, that's fine. I'll be fine. I just pushed through nerves for a week to get to last week. And so I dealt with those nerves on the toilet when I got home all <laughs> afternoon last Sunday. Are you allowed to say toilet in church? Is that all right? I think I've said it twice now. Is it on the tape? Oh well. So I like to be real. You can't get much more real than that. So um, I just want to say Lepani last week, your word was incredible. And I just want to thank you for your vulnerability. It just blessed me. It was really incredible. And I just want to encourage you when you were talking about God is a warrior, your wife is a warrior, I've got my warrior t-shirt. You didn't say you were a warrior. And what I see in you is God is forming an incredible warrior and there's a day coming when you won't have to wear the T-shirt to be recognised as a warrior. You're going to be that mighty man. Yeah? Okay. Rosie Posey. Now, this girl um, got up and talked a few minutes last week about what she picked up at colour and Larry and I just cacked ourselves. We were sitting there nudging each other. She gave my sermon in about three minutes flat so I just want to thank you, Rosie, for, like, I could probably go home now if you could just remember what Rosie said last week. Um, Rosie, I just want to thank you for your vulnerability. You are such a blessing to so many. And what I see on you is um, your words bring healing to people. They heal me. They are a blessing to me. But I actually see that you're going to be bring healing to a lot of people just through your words. And it's a gift from God. It's a gift to be used by you it's it is so beautiful and when you're vulnerable oh my goodness and we're just so thankful keep being real rosy because you're a blessing to many okay all right so who's ready you excited all right let's do this okay this is hard to see because the lights on it um nah it'll be all right i'll just stand like this Is that all right okay so i want to see a show of hands how many people in this congregation like being under pressure Oh, okay, okay, let me expand, let me expand. I'm not talking deadline pressure, I'm talking the kind that if I get stretched any further, I think I'm going to break kind of pressure. Anybody in the room like that? Oh, Lynn, okay, so there's one person, okay, so I thought if there's anyone puts their hands up, I'm going to have to take you outside and smack you around a bit later, because I don't think anyone should enjoy going through that sort of stuff. So I'm going to talk a little bit about pressure today. Sometimes the Lord allows heat and pressure to come into our life so that what is hidden in our hearts will come to the surface, usually out of our mouths. Who is known for that? Right? Okay? When you're under pressure, boom, it comes out. It's usually pretty ugly. He allows pressure in order for him to refine us. And according to the dictionary, the word refiner means to bring to a fine or a pure state, free from impurities, to refine metal, sugar or petroleum, to purify from what is coarse, vulgar or debasing, to make elegant or cultured. (laughs) I just want to be that. I'm just saying I'm not there yet, but that's what I want to be. I'd love to be elegant. I don't know what it's like, but anyway. When a silversmith sets about to refine silver, he firstly has to get his fire hot He then proceeds to melt the metal and during this process any impurities that lie in the metal will come to the surface. It is then that the refiner skims off the impurities and that is called the dross. He then adds more fuel to the fire, turning up the heat, repeating the process of skimming off the dross. He will continue this process of increasing the heat and skimming off all the impurities until finally he looks into the molten silver and sees a clear reflection of himself. In the Bible, in Malachi chapter two, it says that God is our refiner, that he sets about to refine us like silver and gold in order to make us a clear reflection of him. God's heart for all of us is to see his reflection in each one of us. Unfortunately for us though, the main way he goes about it is with heat and pressure. And just when you think you've come through the test and you may well have passed that test, God will turn up the heat a little more down the track because there'll be some more impurities that need to come to the surface and the process will begin all over again. But if we allow God to do a deep work in us, we'll be a clear reflection of him and we'll have an incredible impact on all of our friends, our families and all those around us. God doesn't allow trials to punish us. He allows them to refine us. So that's my introduction I've titled my talk today From Disaster to Opportunity. I'd like to share some of Larry and my journey over the past couple of years with you. Excuse me? I've already got dry mouth. Okay. So, um, I'd like to share, um, yeah, Larry and my journey over the past couple of years with you. My hope is that firstly, you'll be encouraged today to face your own giants. And secondly, that you'll gain a better understanding of why we as individuals act the way we do at times. And thirdly, that you'll be brave enough to allow God to refine you. So, two years ago, it became very noticeable that Larry and I had become very angry and reactive people. I went to God about it and I said, God, why are we so angry all the time and why do we keep reacting at people in situations around us? He replied, it is abandonment and it's deeply rooted on both sides. I went to Larry and I told him what the Lord had said and I asked Larry if he would give me permission for me to pray for us and he said yes. So I prayed a very simple and as it turns out a very powerful prayer. I said, Lord, heal us. A few weeks later, I'll just explain this, um, God often speaks to me in dreams so um, I'm giving you a bit of a timeline this morning of a few events that happened because it paints a picture of what's happened over the past couple of years, is that okay? All right. so a couple of weeks later I had a dream and in that dream I saw that our home in Mollymook was surrounded by lions looking for a way in. I saw that there was a window open so I jumped up, locked the window and nailed it shut with a hammer and nail. In the morning I said, God what is going on? And he replied. Your house is surrounded by lions and they're looking for a way in. The window is the window to your heart. You must keep short accounts with me." So I thought, okay, something going on and I kept this very much at the forefront of my mind. Well, it didn't take long for the lions to find an open window in our hearts and the enemy came rushing in and there was a devouring. Within a very short space of time, our marriage was very much in trouble and things were not looking good in our world. In fact, we were heading down the road towards divorce. Around this time, we called in to see our son in Wollongong, and we went to church with him that Sunday night. And a visiting prophet was there speaking on being giant slayers, and we were very much meant to be there that night. I went down for prayer afterwards, and the prophet said to me, now I just want to say something on this. In the Bible, when God repeats a word, you know, like Hosanna, Hosanna, or... If you see something repeated twice, in, in the old days they, um, they didn't have bold print. So what they do, if they really want to emphasise something, they would say it twice. So it's like, listen to me, I've got something really important. So when the prophet spoke to me, he said, he looked at me and he said, it's going to be okay, it's going to be okay, it's going to be okay, it's going to be okay. God was really wanting me to grab hold of that because apparently things were about to get much worse. He said, what the enemy is using for harm... God's going to turn it all around and he's going to use it for good. God was giving me a promise to stand on that night. As little did I know, things were about to get much worse between Larry and I. Around nine months later, whilst being separated, but we were still living under the same roof, my depression became severe and I began having suicidal thoughts. I remember a particular night crying out to God that I didn't want to be here anymore, that I'd had nothing left in me to fight with, that all my dreams for us were gone, and could he please just take me home? In that moment, God took me on a trip down memory lane. When I was young, I used to work in the city of Sydney as a secretary, and in my lunch break, I used to love walking through the streets of the city just to get some exercise. Just down from where I worked was a construction site, and this is where he took me back to on this particular night. The construction site was surrounded by wire fencing covered in hessian. And in my spirit, I heard God say, look. I looked through a hole in the Hessian and I saw this enormous hole in the ground. There were men using excavators and machineries to dig down deep into the bedrock. You know about that, Ronnie. God was showing me in that moment that this is what he'd been doing in Larry and I. He was digging new, deep foundations in us both, which is why the process felt so painful. While the enemy was out to destroy us, to devour us, God was using it to do his greatest work of healing yet and refining in us both. In order for God to build a tower of strength in us, he had to build deep foundations first. In order for us to rise as a church into all that God has for us, individually and corporately, we must deal with our giants. We must let God excavate into the deepest, darkest recesses of our souls our most painful parts if we are to truly rise and grow in strength and purpose. I'll just grab another bit of water. It's the American prophet Cindy Jacobs. Anyone heard of Cindy Jacobs? Okay, she said a couple of years ago in an article about God's refining fire, we must take advantage of trials and tribulations in our lives, not turning away from the pain, but instead allowing it to reform us into the likeness of Christ. And the following words can be an encouragement to us during this incredibly painful process. Um, Pat, is Pat there to put the verse up? Thanks, love. Okay, so 2 Corinthians, if anyone wants to look in the Bible, or, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 16 to 18 says... But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now, the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who's the Spirit. So, I just want to unpack a little bit from this verse. The first line says, Can you go back to uh, verse 16? But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. When a bride walks down the aisle towards her groom, she most often wears a veil. She can see her groom, but her vision is not quite truly clear. Her vision is blurred. But when she stands before her bridegroom and he lifts that veil, she sees him for who he truly is. She sees him in all of his glory. She sees that he truly loves her. The veil in this passage represents deception. And the word deception simply means to hide the truth. The veil represents the lies from Satan that we actually believe. The veil makes us believe that God is not a good father. The veil makes us believe that God wasn't there when we were being abandoned by those who loved us or when we were being abused. The veil makes us believe that he's a distant God, that he's far, far away. The veil makes us believe that he doesn't care. And an example with this, of this would be, so Satan goes around all day long telling us lies, right? That is what he's, that's just what he does. And he does it loud. Who knows that sometimes it's really hard to hear God because he talks in a quiet whisper. But Satan talks really loud and he does it so that you can't miss it. He, he drowns out God often. So one lie he often tells us is we're not good enough or we're always stuffing up. He'll continue to get us looking at our failures and to the things that we struggle with. His aim is for us to be sin conscious. The deception comes when we believe that lie. When we set about to be a better person and we keep trying to live a better life, but unfortunately we continue to keep stuffing up So then we get the whip out to punish ourselves and we start um, beating ourselves over the back and we continue to look at our sin um, and the cycle goes on. What just happened here is this, the lie that he said, you're a lousy sinner and you're never gonna be any good, that's the lie. The deception comes when we continue to keep looking at that sin and get our eyes off Jesus and when we set about to do things to set us free what we were just duped by was a religious spirit a religious spirit will always take us back to law back to doing right Jesus didn't call us to be human doings did he what did he call us human beings right the way to remove the veil of deception is to simply repent get our eyes back on Jesus and thank him for his finished work on the cross it is so simple so simple We stay away from lies and deception by being God conscious. So back to Jesus, this is a bit I like. The truth is God is a good, good father. The truth is God truly loves us. The truth is that God will never leave us nor forsake us. The truth is that God sees everything that we go through and he really, really cares. The truth is that we don't need to do anything to become right in his eyes. Jesus already did it on the cross. It's so simple. Yeah. When we allow God to lift the veil of deception in our lives, it is then that we'll see him for who he truly is. It is then that we'll see him in all of his glory. It is then that we'll know and believe that he truly loves us. Yeah. One of the keys that God has given us to enable us to walk with an unveiled face is forgiveness. True forgiveness of all of those who hurt us in the past is a key to us walking in freedom. True forgiveness breaks the shackles of our lives. True forgiveness helps us to see and hear clearly God. True forgiveness helps us to walk in grace and mercy towards others. True forgiveness is a weapon of war. I believe that God wants to lift some veils of deception here today. I believe that he wants you to know that you are very precious to him and that you are very, very loved. So, what we see as disaster, God sees as opportunity. I'm going to repeat that. What we see as disaster, God sees as opportunity. When the enemy comes in like a flood, God loves to turn it all around and use it for good. He loves to use what the enemy means for harm to transform us into his image. And when we pray, God, heal me, it's very important that we let God heal us the way he sees fit. It's our job to pray. It's his job to heal. Sometimes he'll heal us supernaturally, and I've received a number of healings that way. Uh, But sometimes God uses professional doctors, counsellors and psychologists to heal us. He gave Larry and I a safe environment for us to pour out all of our hurts, from a lifetime of pain Rejection, abuse and trauma. We cried, we vented, we got angry and we swore. And God was smack bang in the middle of every one of our sessions. His hand of favour was so on the both of us that I was even given a government grant for 22 hours of free counselling, even though I wasn't even in the right category to receive it. My counsellor applied and to her amazement, the government had accepted me into the program. Not only that, But my counsellor decided to treat Larry on my grant as well. So basically we received 44 hours of free counselling at $110 per session. Wow, come on. Nearly five grand. Shut up. (laughs) This is how God chose to heal us. This is how God helped us lift our veils of deception. This is how God helped us forgive those who have hurt us. This is how God chose to refine us, to skim off all the dross in our lives. And within a few short months, we were reunited as husband and wife once again. Woo! Yeah, let's have a cheer for that. Today, Larry and I are more in love with each other and with God, and we're stronger and we are now walking in more freedom and joy than we ever have before. Last year, Larry and I fought a giant, and that giant's name is Abandonment. And because we fought that particular giant, we have now paved the way for our family and others to find freedom from their wounds of abandonment, and we are already seeing it. God is already doing a miracle in our kids. When we fight giants, we don't just fight them to free ourselves. We fight them so that all of those following behind us will walk in freedom as well. We fight giants to see a generation find freedom. We fight giants to see a generation find Jesus. God's promise to us in Romans 8.28 is, this is one of my favourite verses, all things work together for good. For those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. God works how many things? How many things? How many things? God works all things together for good. So what we see as disaster, what does God see? Opportunity. Say it again. What we see as disaster, God sees as opportunity. So may God give us all the courage to let him go deeper and to lift our veils of deception. May we have the courage to let God refine us. And then may we rise, church, as a tower of strength, built on strong foundations, walking out all of our days in purpose, victory and freedom, leading the lost to Jesus. Amen.